Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. All right, what is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining for another episode of the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for turning off the rest of the world for like 30 to 45 to 60 minutes and just listening to me. Like I I appreciate that. You know, I I think I have some some fun, valuable things to say and I'm glad that uh, you have taken the time to agree. I like people who agree with me, right? No, I'm kidding. But what we're going to do is we're going to provide you some money tips today. If this is your first episode, welcome. Go listen to some of the past episodes. You've been you've been missing out and you got a lot to catch up on. But if you are just tuning in for your first episode, you are in for a treat. A holiday fucking treat right here. Okay, so today's episode, we're going to talk about how to talk about money with your family, right? Like how to talk about money, finances, wealth, with your family, with your friends, um, with with that guy who lingers outside your, your parents' house when you're back home for the holidays, you're not really sure what the deal is there, talk with him about it too, right? But um, that's, that's kind of going to be one of the main focuses here. Obviously, we have some shopping holidays coming up too, right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you got Christmas coming up. Um, so you got you to gotta spend some money on some gifts probably. But what I like to give you is some ideas on how to spend less money or just spend money um, a little more methodically uh, so that you're not hurting for every November and December and January every year. But maybe, you know, just some tips on how to get that out the way earlier. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the episode. But first, I want to talk about uh, this article I was reading. If you're on TikTok, I'm not. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe I'll go viral on TikTok. Maybe maybe that's the platform for me. But um, I'm not on TikTok. But for those of you who are, you might have seen this because this dude went viral. But this guy, Ethan Kaiser, went famous or uh, went viral by talking about how he is like reporting strippers to the IRS for not paying taxes or like if he gets a hint that they're not paying taxes. And apparently he was telling people that like if you – report people to the IRS, you can get like 30% of the money that they're not paying taxes on. (laughs) I fucking love that. Ethan, don't fucking listen to this episode because I try to tell people how to avoid taxes in legal ways, right? Like uh, exploiting loopholes. But it sounds like you might come for me. Um, But that's that's hilarious. It's an interesting little story here. Um, I, I was listening to that and I'm just like, okay, well, get your money for the strippers, but then get your money for him too. In this economy, everybody can make money. That does suck, though, if they have to, like, go to jail. I, I mean, I don't really, again, I don't follow TikTok shit. But I just love the idea of someone being like, I am a stripper snitch. <laughs> and I make 60 grand a month doing that. And I'm not sure if I said 60 grand 
a year or a month a second ago, but he was talking about $60,000 a month. And he had like this board up with like however much he was making in a certain amount of days. Pretty crazy. Uh, maybe I should get on TikTok just to see what, what else is going on there. And if there's like a money TikTok, I can only imagine what money TikTok is all about. But cool. That's one story. Um, but can you imagine that? Like, okay, I want to make a, I want to go and interview strippers and like talk to them about finances and just like have that song like strub the ground, strub the ground, that Migos song playing in the background. I think that could be like a nice little, nice little piece of content right there. Um, I love that song, by the way. It is a banger. Like pop it, don't stop it, shake that ass, strub the ground. I think if I say any more than I'm like in copyright infringement, but, um, there's that Drake line that's like, like the third Migos I take. Well, I'm the fourth Migos. I'm like the fourth Migos I make. So you can, you can call me maker as in like money maker. That's, uh, that's the fourth Migos. And this is how you can reach the fourth Migos, right? I'm, I'm not on TikTok. Sorry. Uh, sorry, but maybe, maybe in the future here. But I am on Instagram at John Odebo or at Top Cash Pod. That's the place that you can stay up to date on money, news, uh, anything that's going on in the world, and also tips and tricks from other other like influencers and shit on on Instagram. Right. I I kind of use my Twitter, and by the end of the year, I'm expecting to have my YouTube up too. So that's really exciting news. This is like the first real announcement of that. Um, it's not too much of an uplift, and I want to put a lot of the episodes like I'm recording right now on YouTube. Um, maybe some other funny skits and stuff too. We'll see. We'll have to see, right? It, it really comes down to you, the listener. Like, am I pretty enough for YouTube? Just tell me. DM me, right? Now I have an influx of DMs. Be like, you're fucking ugly. <laughs> it's okay. I can take it because, again, I'm not the fourth Migos called pretty. I'm the fourth Migos called maker. So I'm, I'm here to hopefully help you make or inspire you to make a little more money, uh, save more of it, and make your money make money. So that's uh, that's my goals there. Give me a give me a follow on uh, on Instagram if you can if you can engage with the content if you like what you're seeing. Do that. Share some of the stuff. Right. I post new episodes and I post little clips. Go and go and share that with a friend. Right. Just DM it them and don't say anything. And then they're just gonna be like, what the fuck? Like this girl's gonna be like, what the fuck, Ashley? Why did you send me that? Well, watch, listen, learn, and find out. It's because your finances fucking suck. That's why. No, we'll see. Be nice to your friends and then share the wealth of knowledge that I'm passing out to you. Um, the other, the other like piece of financial news I wanted to talk about here was that the Federal Reserve announced that they're cutting the bond buying program they've been go- had going for the last 18 months now, basically since the pandemic started. They said they're gonna they're gonna start tapering that off. And this bond buying program, like if you've been following along, it's kind of been propping up the economy uh, artificially over the last 18 months. It's why we've been able to have such a good stock market. Maybe there's some other reasons too, but um, it's it's been pretty decent uh, in terms of returns. And basically the Fed buys bonds and these bonds are honestly kind of what are held by a lot of companies and such. So it's, it's really stopping the economy from falling out from under. Uh, but they're gonna taper that off. And I think the goal for them is to be done by June, 2022. So we got like, seven, eight more months here of that money printer going. Um, For those of you guys that don't get that reference, like um, they've been printing money, right? Like they're, they're basically making money to buy bonds and hold the economy up. So that's where that like term comes from. 
Um, you've probably seen a bunch of memes about it. But Jerome Powell, shout out to Papa Jerome. He just got uh, announced or chosen by, by President Biden again that he'd be uh, running for his, or doing his second term as the chairman of the Federal Reserve. So that's excellent. So yeah, maybe they're cutting this bond spending down. But Papa Jerome has been great for my pockets. And, uh, you know, he's like that grandpa that's always sliding you 20 bucks. Um, that's basically what Papa Jerome has been doing to everybody else. And this is, you know, it's, it's up to you on whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. But he's here to stay for at least another year. Um, and it will be interesting to see what else, you know, they have going on. But the, the total amount of money they were spending was like $120 billion a month. That's a shit ton of money. Uh, and people were like, where does it come from? That's where the money printer comes out. Roll it out, boys. Roll the money printer out. Um, but they're, they're lowering it to like $100 billion instead of $120 billion, And then every month, they're going to drop it $15 billion. So that'll taper out by June 22, 2022. Um, be interesting to see what happens there with the, with the market. But just stay aware, right? Like this is the kind of stuff that like you don't even have to understand what exactly it's going to do with the stock market or anything. Just... Be aware and, and, and watch and, and kind of just like allow that to start creating financial thesis for you on like your investment plan. Like, is that going to change anything? Who knows? But roll it out. The money printer is still going until June. One more time. It's going, baby. It's going. Um, that's going on until June 2022. It'll taper off then. Jerome Powell elected again, uh, second term as Fed chairman. All right, that's the news for the day. What did I promise you? We're talking about how to talk about money with your family. That's kind of funny that you know we need to talk about or give advice or tips on how to talk about money with your family, right? Like, isn't that strange? But um, I think it is because if if more families were talking about money with their children than the children when they get older, you know, and that being older from like the time you start working anywhere from like 14 to 15, 16, whatever, up to like young adult phase in your 20s, people don't know what the fuck to do with their money. They don't really understand it still. And that we can blame the schools for what we want, but also you, the family, like the, the community that is family is responsible for teaching some of these things too, right? Like, if you think you are good with money and you're investing money every month, but you never want to talk to your kids about it, you're, you're setting them up for failure because how do you expect them to learn the stuff that you learn? On the opposite hand, if you're not very good with money or if your family wasn't very good with money and like you're living paycheck to paycheck, don't you want your kids to do better? Like teach them something, right? You can't teach them what you don't know, so you got to educate yourself so that you can educate them. But when we go and see our families, right, like, our generation might even be making more than some of our parents. Um, and that's like weird too. So it can be a touchy subject. So so let's let's get into like what the best practices might be. But like I have the hot take that like you definitely should be talking about money with your family and your friends. Money, salaries, investments, debt, um, real estate, houses, right? Like uh, when people buy a house, I'm like, how much was it? And you can see like, a, there's a little bit of like, like just nervousness on their side. Like, it's funny. People really get fucking uptight when you ask them direct questions about money. And that's because we just don't do it enough in society. And Hey, at the end of the day, like if you're not comfortable doing it, like, cool, don't be comfortable, but you might be getting screwed yourself. Um, 
if you're not sharing salary details and, and your friends aren't either. And I mean, I know a lot of my friends, like that's almost all we talk about. I had dinner on, uh, on Saturday with two friends, what, both entrepreneurs, one runs a digital marketing business, the other runs uh, like an Airbnb business. And we were talking about money the entire time, right? Like, and direct numbers. These two had just met each other. And like, is that good money? And he tells him, the, my buddy tells his other friend exactly how much he makes about a month, right? And he's like, that's just profit, right? Like, obviously, there's, uh, or not profit, that's revenue. Obviously, I have expenses. You don't have to give specific details. You can be vague, but uh, at least give an idea because then everybody's head gets churned in there. Um, you might be getting underpaid if we're talking about salaries. If you're a minority or a woman uh, in America, maybe in other parts of the country too, or sorry, other parts of the world, you most likely are being underpaid just because it takes a while for wages to catch up. I know there's all this diversity and uh, inclusivity type stuff these days and like we're trying to close the wage gap, but it doesn't happen overnight and it is a very real thing. These days, obviously less of a thing, but it is a fucking thing. So talk to your fucking friends. Um... If you're dating, definitely talk about money. How early? That's up to you. I'm usually talking about money on a first date, right? And and if a girl is turned off by that, cool. Save me a lot of fucking time. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's one of the biggest benefits there. Like understanding if you're underpaid or if your other friends are underpaid or you know just making a different amount, it gets everybody thinking and talking, right? And and you can talk about what skills that they might have to be able to make more. Um, or, or yourself too. Like, how do I, how do I get to where you're at? Like, oh, you make 200 K. I didn't even realize that was possible for someone that's 28. Boom. So like you've just opened their mind. Now let's start working on like, okay, well, how do I get to that? Um, I think you'd be surprised by how much some of your friends make these days. Um, salaries are, are pretty high right now in, in this current job market with like new jobs. So if you haven't changed jobs or gotten a raise in the last couple of years, you might be slipping behind. So I think um, by having that conversation, it's beneficial to just understand like where you sit in the marketplace, right? Like don't be salty, don't don't like start comparing yourself in a negative way, work harder or get a different skill or go ask for more, right? Like you, you don't get if you don't ask. And also sometimes it comes down to negotiation skills. Some people just take a job offer when when you get it. But I mean, you should probably almost always be asking for more and then maybe be prepared with like a couple um, comparisons of other jobs or success that you've had in the past, like your resume, basically point to that. I'm going to bring this, this, and this to bring in X, Y, or Z more revenue, and that's why I should make this much instead of that much. If you come prepared and they say no, at least, you, at least you've asked and you, you know where you stand and you know what options you have. Like you can go look for a job somewhere else if, you, if they're not paying you what you say. But um, I mean – Insecurity, I think, is one of the biggest things that stops people from not sharing salaries and talking about that, right? Like, but I don't really care. I have friends that make more than me. Like, I, I don't really care because I'm comfortable with how much I make. Maybe I want to make more. I, I always do want to make more, actually. But, like, that person's money that they make doesn't take away from me. Like, what, what I eat doesn't make you shit, right? Like, isn't that the saying or something like that? Um, put, like, just... Don't get, if you're the person who's making less, like I can't tell you to be insecure because that's going on in your head, but like don't get angry, get even. Go make more money. Go figure out a way to make more. And if you're the person who makes more, I think it's key to just like be in the mindset of like, okay, well, you'd make less. Like, well, how can we get there, right? Or like, do you even want to make more? Some people don't want to make more money too, and, and that's okay, right? Like they're, they're comfortable with what they have and then like if more money comes to them, 
great. But, um, you know, if a friend gets hurt because I'm making more money than them and we're having that conversation, then they're a fucking loser of a friend. Like, I'm not... I'm not worried when people are making more than me. I'm happy for them. They should probably be happy that I'm making so much. And if they're worried about how much they're making, then let's figure out a way to do that, right? Like, um, that's that's just my opinion. Um, I don't think I'm going to be losing any fucking friends by telling them that if they can't handle me making more than them, you know, then they're a loser. Because I know, I would hope that most of my friends feel confident knowing that I don't care or I'm happy for them if they make more. Uh, but that's why you got to pick your circle, right? Like you're you're the total amount or like the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. And if the people around you get salty or bitter when when other people are doing well and successful, you're probably not going to be very successful when you're around them. There's going to be a ceiling. So let's blow the fucking roof off the ceiling. That's something that I'd like to do and, and really like institute as like a societal goal right there like there is no limit on how much you can make like in america but in most countries you can get creative um it, you just have to go out there and get it and by talking to people about money that's how you learn what more you could be making or what you could be doing take your sensitive ass somewhere else if you're embarrassed about how much you make because the bank your landlord uh your your bill collectors whoever like you're paying doesn't give a shit about your fucking feelings they give a shit about the fucking check that you sign over every single month so I, I don't have any position to care about your feelings either. Money, numbers, they're objective. That's why I'm here. Talk cash or don't speak, right? Like money is objective. Well, money is not necessarily objective because how much is a lot? That's a subjective question. But there's no room for emotions in it. Just get more of it. There's so much out there. Like there, there's, and, and you're, if you're making a lot, there's always someone who's making more. Almost always. So like you can't, it, the world of money will humble you very quickly too. So it works on both ends of the spectrum, whether you need the motivation and the kick in the ass to go make more money or whether you just need um, some some humbling and, and knowing that like you might walk into a room and be like, I make $300,000 a year and the guy next to you is, is quietly sitting there and not saying anything and they make like a mil a year and they're like, that's chump change. So what, like, I don't know, it's... It's all relative, but I think it, it's good to share, um, at least in like a respectful manner, right? Like I know that's crazy, John, talking about being respectful and stuff. But um, you're, you're probably going to benefit more than you will be hurt if that conversation, if the sharing happens. So that's like within friend groups, right? But uh, as you can imagine, I'm real fun at family dinners <laughs> uh, or like dinner table discussions during the holidays. Uh, funny story here, funny story time. Uh, so I've had like a, a previous relationship where the girl's mom was like upset. Like it, we were sitting, the four of us, her, her parents and myself um, and her, and we're talking about, I don't even know what we were talking about, but like I'm talking about fucking money, of course. And she got upset that I like cared so much about money and like making more. And she was literally sitting there trying to tell me like, you know, money isn't everything. I'm like, that might not be everything for you, but it is important to me. And she has the audacity to say this while, like, she's not complaining about the fucking gifts that her fucking daughter gets by the money that I care so much about making, right? Like, so that's, uh, I mean, you can have a humbling opinion and you can have a different opinion, but just tell other people not to care about something. 
ma'am, you're going to have a fucking argument with me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting there. That was a fun conversation. Got a little awkward, but like, I don't even fucking feel awkward about that. Like, I don't feel bad in these situations. Um, I'm, I'm untouchable on that shit. Like, you're going to walk away feeling awkward and I'm going to walk away feeling like I'm, uh, right. Or that I at least stood my ground in a respectful manner in the way that I should. Because what, like, if you, if you aren't talking to your kids about money, you're fucking failing them. That's what I fucking believe. Um, another really funny story. So that's more about like the family side, a funny story with like friends, right? Like, this is, I guess maybe like more acquaintances at this point, but, um, we were talking just randomly. I think I was telling a story about like back to the strip strippers. Uh, I think I was telling a story about like the strip club. I'd spent like a lot of money, like just over a thousand dollars at a strip club one night to some people, right? This is subjectivity. That's a lot of money. That's ridiculous. It's, it's burning money on fire, the equivalent of it. And others, they go to the strip club maybe like once every fucking 10 years and they would spend, you know, three, four, five times that. Who knows, right? That's a super weird, touchy subject that people don't even like to talk about how much they're willing to spend. But I am not that person. So I was talking about it and the my, my buddy's girlfriend is like, wow, I would never spend that much at the strip club. And I think we earlier on, we talked about like how much we all made and everything. And so this is an example, in my opinion, of kind of her getting butt hurt. But I was like, yeah, no, if I if I made the amount that you did too, I wouldn't spend that much at the strip club either. But because I make more, like I, you know, it's it's a it's a little more able to be uh thrown around like that. And she got so fucking butthurt. She got so upset because I think she took it like I was like saying, you know, if I was you and I made your amount, I wouldn't spend it this way. I'd spend it that way, which I wasn't doing at all. I don't care enough about what you do with your money. I have the fucking podcast. This is my fucking safe section, my or my safe section, safe space to rant. I, I'm over telling people what they should do with their money. Um, I just, if they ask for advice, I'll give it. And if they ask a second time for advice and they didn't take or didn't listen or heed my advice the first time, then I'm fucking over it, right? I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, especially about like, I'm not going to go start telling friends, girlfriends what to do with their money because fuck, that's a slippery slope. But she like got super flipped out. And I was just like, in my mind, like I'm basically just saying like, if I made less than what I had made, then I wouldn't be spending that money either. I was just trying to relate. <laughs> that's giant. They're like, someone walks away insulted and I'm on here. Like I was just trying to relate with them. But um, yeah, that's uh, that was, that was an interesting two. I mean, you just have to figure out, I mean, some people you might not be able to talk money with, um, but I don't really care because those people can evacuate my fucking life. Um, that's, it's not my job to cater to you and, and your sensitivities. But again, I don't feel bad about this. Like it's all about experience. I'm just chilling. And of course, when, when, when I'm just chilling and someone else is getting worked up, they're going to get more worked up because they're like pissed off. They don't think I'm taking the situation seriously. I'm probably not like, and honestly, sometimes I have a cheeky little smirk on my face too, which I don't even mean to do. It's like a natural thing, but like, I was probably sitting there like, wow, wow. And like my face is cracking into a smile. And this, this girl is going off, getting, getting crazy. Um, don't let your emotions get the best of you. Like that's, it's not going to do you well and you're going to get worked up and you're going to get angry for fucking nothing while it's a situation that you probably just walk away from. Um, so I, I try to do that these days on the internet um, because there are some stupid people on the fucking internet. But um, yeah, the, you know, if I could, I could fill a whole episode of stories about me pissing people off about talking about money, but I got to save them. I got to, I got to 
release them in in periodic times because I want you coming back, right? I gotta I gotta keep you listening and coming back for more. Um, but the things that these stories all have in common is that like other people, in my opinion, were insecure uh, or unhappy with their current financial setting or sitting or something about the way I talked about my financial situation triggered something on them, right? So I think, I mean, you can be insecure about a lot of things in this world, but insecure people usually spend a lot more money on, on things to like impress other people or to feel happier. Being insecure is a costly fucking personality trait. I'd recommend you fucking get some help on that. The fucking 100 or $150 of talking to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or therapist, counselor, whatever, every week is going to be cheaper than the fucking money you'll spend and never, and never really feel uh, fulfilled. But that's Johnny's mental health piece of advice for the week, and uh, you rarely get those, right? But I have friends that are like making $60,000 that, again, they're not really focused on making more money, and so, but they are comfortable. They don't care. They're secure with that. And so when, I'm, when we're talking about like, oh, how do we make more? Or, oh, well, how do I get to a million dollars as quick as possible, right? They're not intimidated by those numbers because they're comfortable. They knew if they applied themselves, they could probably figure something out too, but they're not worried about it. Um, friends that are making $200,000 trying to also maybe like earn a million dollars a year or something like that. Same situation. But then there are ones that are like, you know, making decent money, say maybe like 90, 100K. But if you're spending a lot of it, you're living paycheck to paycheck, then you're going to get defensive when we start talking about how much money we have saved. You're going to get defensive when you talk about like uh, increasing salaries or um, investing more money or buying real estate. And that's, that's a you problem, bro. Like, that's not, that's not a me fucking problem. But I, I mean, I don't try to do this in a con- condescending manner. The thing is, like, you can't talk down to me. This is my opinion on, like, talking down to people and being condescending. You cannot talk down to me if I don't believe that I'm below you. That doesn't make sense, right? You'd be, like, trying to shit on me, and I'd be there, like, thinking I'm equal with you or better than you and be like, I don't, I don't get it. It's confused. It goes over my head, right? Like I'm not getting it. But if you see yourself lower than someone else based on money, based on a title, based on fucking where you're at in your family life, like you're going to allow people because they could just be saying things like I could be talking to you like an equal. And next thing you know, you think I'm talking down to you. No, get your head out of the fucking gutter. I don't have fucking time or patience to try to talk down to you. I'm just talking at a level that I assume that people can comprehend. And if you can't get to that fucking level, then maybe it's going to sound like I'm talking down to you. But maybe you should find people who talk at your level a little bit more. Then you won't be getting talked down to. Um, stop that, right? Like that's – it's a fucking mindset. Money is all a mindset. Um, don't be scared of the money talk. Lean in. You might fucking learn something. That's – my opinion when it comes to friends and, and all that, like, get your head out of the gutter, be more secure, work on some stuff outside of that. Um, but I mean, if you know how much people can make, if you're around people who make more or make around the same amount as you, the bachelor parties, the bachelorette parties, the birthday celebrations, the holidays, they all get better, right? Like, um, what is it? The rising tide, rising tide rises all ships, say, raises all ships, something like that. Um, your friends being around you doing better will force you to be better and level up, and then you guys can celebrate too. More sex. More, <laughs> more sex. More success, more life, more everything. Um, back to the parents and the family and everything, I would talk to my parents. I've, been, I've known how much my parents make, what the house is worth, 
Um, first of all, you can go find out how much your, your the fucking house is worth on Zillow these days. But like that stuff, um, I've been talking to them about that stuff since probably like late high school. Um, and then when I went to college, that shaped my money mentality, not because I went searching for a career, but I went searching for a dollar amount. And then I worked backwards. I knew exactly how much I needed to make to have a life that I was going to be happy with based on how I grew up. And then I adjusted that higher or lower for what I personally wanted. Once you find a job, uh, sorry, uh, a salary that you're looking for or a payment amount, then you can start finding jobs that fit into that. That's the way that people should do fucking college, right? Like, otherwise you get out with a fucking marketing degree and you get offers for like $40,000 a year and you're like, wait, but uh, I want a boat. Mm, you make $40,000 a year, you don't get a boat. You get the McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can, you can, make, you can finesse $40,000 to go a long way these days if you're frugal and, and smart about your money, but you're not getting a fucking boat on 40K a year. Um, so set your expectations right and, and then you can work backwards from that. And you're not like that was when I was back in college at like 18. People go back to school. You can go get a master's. You can go get an MBA, come out, and then be looking at jobs with like consulting, uh, finance. Um, all these careers are very high paying and you can do those. You can go to law school and then come back and get a job at big law and those jobs pay like fucking 500K a year in, in the big markets. So it's never too late. Like that's two years, right? And if you're not earning that much, then I think you can take loans and stuff. But I I would just work on that because it, it all starts with the family. It all starts with the dinner table um, and, and the experiences that you get growing up. You can relate that to how you want to alter that to, you know, how much you want to provide for your children when older. But in general, like it's okay to ask your parents for money to make and, or to make more than them um, too. Like I... Like if you're a parent and you're getting embarrassed from your child, I'm I'm not in this situation because I'm not a parent, right? But like if you're embarrassed by that, you should want more for your kids, right? Like when I I hope that any kids that I have have a better life than I did. But that's the way my parents raised me too, right? They're like we make sacrifices so that you can have better than we had. Not all parents think like that, but I think that those make the best parents or those make the parents that are going to lead to a successful society because like you should be trying to do more for your kids or at least not less right like if you grew up in a really nice home and then you you want your kids to grow up uh poor so that they have some grit that doesn't make sense because like you're basically saying you don't like who you are and and the way you were raised so that's that's that that's my take on talking with the family right like i i would like you, you can't want your kids to have less than you. That's fucking asinine. Um, and I think if you come at it with that humble approach of like, hey, parents, hey, grandma, grandpa, hey, Uncle Jim, this is why I'm asking you guys this because I want to learn about money. I'm, I'm starting to plan my goals for the next three, five years. You know, I see that you guys have this house. Do you like having the house? Are you in debt, right? Is the white picket fence worth it? Or, you know, if I want to be debt free after 40, but... I want to live in this type of house. Is that possible? And your parents might be like, probably not. You probably need a smaller house. Like, leverage other people's experience. That's what smart people do. You don't have to know everything. You can you can learn from them too. Hopefully, I think uh, if you go in with that humble mindset of trying to like learn from them, they're probably not going to get offended. Um, yeah. What happens after the holidays, or what happens after Thanksgiving? Black Friday, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then Christmas coming up. 
All right, let's do a brief segment here on like how to buy things, right? Like how to like what should we be avoiding Black Friday? Should we do it? Is it a good deal? It says it's Johnny. It says it's thirty percent off. Thirty percent off a twenty percent increased price. Um, plus, most of those thirty percent off deals are like always happening. I I try to never buy things full price. So I have a wish list. This is how I personally buy things for myself, and then I'll talk about how I buy things for like others. But I have a wish list on my phone ranging from things I. I need to things I want, right? Like there could be a new hoodie on there. There could be an espresso machine, a couple button down shirts and colors that I already have, but like maybe I want to replace those shirts because it's been a while. Those are all like wants, right? Um, but then if you need a new pair of tires for your car, if you need an oil change, I don't put an oil change on my wish list, but um, you could do that. And then you prioritize them. So what I do is I usually put a dollar amount next to it too, like new hoodie, $80. And I keep an eye out on the market for like deals. If there's a good deal, then I buy it. Or maybe I just have to push it off and wait until that deal rolls around again. But these, these companies are always doing fucking deals. If you're about to buy something from a company, you could also Google North Face. I'm wearing a North Face pullover right now, discount code, and find some on the internet and it might be like 20% off. Most places will give you 10% off just for fucking providing your, your email these days. So I, I try not to buy things full price. Um, and that wish list helps me like know what I want, but then like push it off for a bit. I, I'll go, I'll go shopping, window shopping online, put the prices next to what I want, and then, and then let it sit for a couple months. And I try to treat myself like maybe like one thing a month or, you know, depending on what the, what the time of year is, like a couple, like right now it's November. I'm not really treating myself to anything this month. I did upgrade some office equipment. Um, and, but I, I started a new job, so I was able to expense some of that, um, for like the work from home setup. So that's the way I did like November smart. Last month I bought a new Patagonia pullover, love my pullovers and I love Patagonia and it's very, very warm. I wore it outside the other day. It was 40 degrees, kept me fucking warm. But I'd been wanting that for like probably since spring or like the end of last uh, winter. So I I mean, that was a purchase that I put off for like six to seven months. Uh, month before that, I got a pair of Nike shoes that I've been wanting. But pe most people are just like, I want this pair of Nikes, order it. It's so easy to order things online. I want this hoodie, order it. And you're just like, boom, 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 boom. The little hit of like gratification that you're getting, that dopamine, that rush of making you feel good when you get something new, it only goes so high. So like if you buy five things in one month, you're not gonna feel much happier than if you just bought one thing and like enjoyed and were thankful for that thing. And then the next month you did it again. Like there's no denying that we need little hits of dopamine like that, but like taper it out versus just getting 10 things at once. Cause guess what? Next month you're still gonna want more shit. Um, and it's just like negative reinforcement there. It's a bad cycle to get into. Um, that's how I buy things for myself. I don't like buying things on Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Apparently this year with the shortage of like chips and, and just like supply of everything, there might not even be much sales, but all these places are already advertising them. I just don't think you're getting a deal. Like places will raise the price 10% or 20% and then show you that they're slashing prices 40%. But if you had bought it back in like April, it would have been cheaper or about the same price. And TVs, unless you're getting like one of the first TVs like on the wall, I think on Black Friday you're getting screwed. And a lot of the time it's like last season's TV that they needed to get rid of anyway. And they tell you that they're giving you a deal, but in a month or two, it's gonna be discounted anyway. 
Um, so I just, I think you need to be careful. You need to be doing due diligence and research throughout the year. Um, when I'm buying gifts for people, I like to try to think about what I buy for people throughout the year, right? So like I might buy gifts for people in like April and May for like Christmas. Uh, and then it's not such a financial stress around Christmas time. There's also a web, websites that will track prices for you. There's one called Camel, 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 and it shows you like historical prices of Amazon stuff. So you can see like, okay, is this a good time to buy? Is it up? Is it down? When buying um, flights, because that's the thing people do a lot around this time of year a lot too, Google will show you low, medium, high. Maybe you buy your, your flights for Christmas like as soon as you have it planned, like October if possible. Um, if you're working from home, don't fly on the most popular days for Thanksgiving. So like don't fly on Tuesday night or that weekend before Thanksgiving and then leave that Sunday after Thanksgiving because that's what everybody's fucking doing. This is assuming that you can like work from home with your family and they don't mind keeping you around for a couple extra days. But maybe you leave um, the week before or like a day before Thanksgiving but then stay a little longer after that weekend so that, you know, the 30th or the 1st of December, you're flying back and the flight's going to be cheaper than the 28th when, when, um, when Thanksgiving was on like the 27th or 26th. Airs, airlines, they know what you're fucking doing, right? And they raise the prices accordingly. But if you can work from home for an extended period of time or, um, or work from like your parents' place, that flexibility will help you save money too. Um, that's, that's what I like to do. I like to travel on just like off days kind of randomly. Um, and it, it works well for me, but I think that tip of like shopping or, or flying when it's not popular and then also buying items when you don't need them, buy them throughout the year. Last year I got my mom like some painting that I thought she'd really like. It was from a local artist in Boulder, Colorado, and I bought it in like, uh, June. Uh, but I knew that that was going to be like a Christmas gift. And so also it's peace of mind knowing that like my gifts are taken care of. That is like my biggest hack. Like get your gifts throughout the year. If you have eight family members, buy each of them one gift throughout the year from February until like October. Um, I just did that wrong. I know. Yeah, February until October. And then you're not going to be stressed out trying to buy $2,000 worth of gifts November and December, the time where everybody else is also trying to buy that stuff. But um, the stores are playing you. The airlines are playing you. They all know what you're doing. Um, so I don't know. That's, those are a couple ideas. I guess one other way maybe to think about Christmas gifts is like, if you want to spend a hundred dollars on a Christmas gift, maybe you invest like a thousand to $2,000 at the beginning of the year in January, by the end of the year, by November, that should have grown anywhere from like six to 12%. And there's your hundred dollars and there's your eight, eight, 80 to $120 or so, you know? So I don't do that personally, but um, I think that's a good way to think about investing because you take away the capital gains or the appreciation that you made that year, but the initial principle that you invested is still there. That's an awesome way to buy things uh, for everything, right? Like if I want a Rolex, uh, that's $10,000. If I get to $100,000 invested, then I know 10% one year, I'll probably get 10% back. $10,000 and I can buy a Rolex off of my investment and I'm not using my hard-earned $10,000. That $10,000 was invested years ago. Um, like 
assets over liabilities. Put your money in the assets and let them pay for the liabilities. Let them pay for your gifts. Real estate, buy a house or a rental property and the cash flow or your Airbnb, right? The cash flow from that can pay for your family's gifts. And then you're never really using your own money. That's like a goal of a lot of rich people, never to use the money that they earned, but to use it the money that their money earned. Buy a family, uh, buy a rental property in each family member's name, not in their name, but like for each one. And then after a couple of years, boom, you're getting that cash flow in and that should pay for their gifts. That's kind of a fun way. I know people who, when they have kids, they buy a house for that kid and expect that house to kind of pay for that kid's college. So boom, those are a couple ideas. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to do that too. You could just go into debt, um, spend a couple grand in credit card debt at the end of the year and not pay that off for a couple years. And then at least you go and listen to my last episode about how to get out of credit card debt. Up to you, right? Uh, we know what most Americans do, but you're listening to this and hopefully trying not to be like most Americans. Um, one final idea right here, a little aggressive, right? But you could also date or pick your significant others or spouses based on their birthday. So like we got Christmas coming up. Don't date someone <laughs> whose birthday is around Christmas by date someone whose birthday is like right in the middle of the year. Save some time to save up and you can ex like disperse those payments or, or those gifts right there. Um, you know, I think people do that with like astrology, but like what we're doing, uh, we're not doing it with astrology. We're doing it. It's like uh, for the fiscally responsible and not the daydreaming insta thotties, you know, um, anyone over the age of 35 has no idea what I just said there, but uh, just trust me, just like, that, that's a good idea. Johnny, dating advice. You get mental health advice, dating advice, financial advice. I am your, your, your guru for life, like just guiding you down a, a dark alleyway. Don't follow me down this alleyway. But uh, the non-dating advice there was probably pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about money, right? Thinking outside the box should be the, the main lesson here. Not, I can't afford this. Instead, how can I afford this? How can I make this money easily come to me every single year without stressing about gifts, without stressing about going home for the holidays? Um, that's, that's my take right there. That's my episode for you. Make your money work for you. Delay gratification for the long-term play. Uh, like I said, or just do what most people do in this country and go into debt, right? Um, and then you will be stuck listening to my episodes and my fucking voice forever. And then you'll become like one of those insecure people because you're not happy with where you're at financially. So just just be smarter about the way you're spending. Um, that's what I got, people. At Talk Cash Pod on Instagram. YouTube page coming soon. Big announcement there. Um, enjoy your holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, enjoy like a Thursday or Friday off or enjoy just this week and enjoy this episode. Uh, we got Christmas coming up soon. Um, I'll have some more stuff there maybe around Christmas and, and uh, some more hacks. But thank you for listening. Peace.